Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Before we get started, if you find a value in this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, or if you've enjoyed any episode prior to this, I would be so incredibly grateful if you would take just a couple moments of your time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps others just like yourself discover the Mosaic Life Podcast and helps me as a podcaster grow and invite bigger and, of course, more interesting and intelligent guests on to the podcast. As a reminder, I am moving the Instagram content from One Mosaic Life to my personal account, Trey Kaufman. That just allows me to post a little bit more consistently and keep the content quality as high as possible. I will continue posting on One Mosaic Life for the next few weeks, but most of that content will be at Trey Kaufman. That's at T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. I invite you to follow me, and I, of course, will follow you back. My guest today is an incredible human being and an incredible businesswoman. Her name is Marusha Murphy, and this was an incredible conversation on the topics of entrepreneurship, the struggles that we all face as business leaders and even as employees, and what to do when we hit that burnout zone. And uh, Marusha specializes in community building and how important that has become right now and what she has done to help entrepreneurs in her communities through the struggles of 2020. Marusha Murphy is the community architect and instigator for hundreds of changemaker communities in a way that blends the good of people, purpose, and profit into one another. Using a community-driven business model, she partners with companies to ultimately craft six- and seven-figure revenue streams. Marusha is on the advisory teams for nonprofits, startups, impact, and changemaker communities and organizations to grow their experiences. She's helped dozens of brands turn their communities from flailing to fierce from just a few months and onward. In addition to running her community architecture and culture building consultancy, she is also the founder of Perky Perky Coffee, which invites their customers to rise up from the first cup of coffee and onward throughout the day. Her uniqueness brought Perky Perky to the United Nations 2019 and served Perky Perky Coffee to over 400 transformational world and business leaders. The United Nations on Women's Entrepreneur Day identified Perky Perky as one of 10 women-owned brands to be on the lookout for in 2020. On top of all the incredible work Marusha is doing, she is graciously offering listeners of this podcast 20% off and free shipping on their first Perky Perky order using coupon code HAPPY at checkout. I will have that Perky Perky link in the show notes, so please, please, if you're a caffeine lover, check it out. Without further ado, please welcome my truly inspiring new friend, Marusha Murphy. I really appreciated it. I truly appreciated it. It's, it's truly no problem. I'm, I'm, I was happy to do so. Um, I, just, I, I, I really appreciate you being willing to do this with me. I, I, I always feel an extreme sense of gratitude for the people who take their time, take time out of their day to, to just talk with me because I, I really enjoy doing that. Oh my gosh. Well, gosh, I'm so happy to be here. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun today. It, it will be. It will be. So how's everything going for you? I'm great. We actually um, just are onboarding three new clients in the last couple of weeks. So we've been just in that beautiful creation space. Um, yeah. I love it. It's my favorite place to be. So Good. <laughs> the last few weeks of work, I'm like, yay, I love everything about all the things I do. 
<laughs> That's such a great feeling to have instead of, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I worked in, I worked for somebody else for the better part of my, um, my career, my still relatively short career, but uh, having spent the last two years working for myself, it's the, the by far the best decision I've ever made. Isn't it though? It's yes. just truly a wonderful thing. I know people always ask me, Hey, you know, they, I've, I've been tried, or people have tried to hire me over the last 12 years again and again. Yeah. And there've been a couple of times where I was like, I tried it just because it sounded amazing. And then, um, and then as <laughs> like, there's last one, I literally I lasted six weeks. I was like, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't, I should not be here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually got you beat. Um, you know, last year, as I was starting this new ish business, I, uh, just to make some extra money, I decided to work for the city of Columbus, you know, just like being out in parks, you know, doing maintenance work in parks. I'm like, this will be fun. I worked there for mm -hmm. one day and I'm like, nope. Can't do, it. can't do it and you know a part of me has a sense of shame uh you know just quitting after a day but i just knowing yeah. that it was not the right fit for me just that i yep. i it's it's important it is it's yeah. one of those things i felt the same way after those first six that six week experience but you know what like it immediately i don't know if this was what you felt when you quit but it was like an immediate sense of like ah oh, yes like I'm free again oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what's my next best choice? Like, what is the next thing that I yeah. need to really, and how do I align who I want to be with yeah. everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and hopefully we all gain wisdom from those moments, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Learn from the things we really don't want. <laughs> in speaking of, you know, I just, I remember at the end of the day, we were just sitting there in, in our boss's office for whatever reason, we weren't doing anything. And I just remember thinking, like my time is so much more valuable than this. I want to be able to go work on the client work to, I don't know, to each their own. And, you know, I respect everybody who works. They were all very nice, but it just, it was not a, not a good fit. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Marusha, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. It's my pleasure, Trey. I truly am super happy to be here. Let's I've been looking forward to it. Same, same. And, you know, for, for a little bit of context, uh, Christy Holt is the one who introduced us. And I don't know, she, she, uh, she, yourself very much included, and everybody else who she's already introduced me to, you're all superheroes. I mean, really, you are. She's a superhero oh. for introducing me to yourself, uh, to, to Laura, and also to Amber. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the three of you know each other as well, correct? We do. Yes. We, the, the four of us, we do a lot of, uh, just support for one another, you know, just lifting and raising each other up as women in business. Sometimes it can get really, it can feel lonely at times and it can also feel really hard trying to manage all the different things that are expected of us. And so having a core group of sisters, uh, you know, like soul sisters, it's everything. Good. And you're all, you're all, you're all incredible. So I, I thank you for doing everything that you're already doing to, you know, bring more positivity into this world. And, and just, if you, I like what you said there, and I, I'd like to dig more into it because, you know, as I kind of develop my niche audience and figure out who really gets value from this, I, I've had a, a fair amount of women on the show. I've had a fair amount of men, mm -hmm. but when it comes to women in business, I don't have that perspective. So what what are some of the hardships that you come across that might that not every entrepreneur, maybe not even every professional person in the work environment knows about? 
Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I think some of some of it is the internal struggles, right? Um, and I can definitely go into a lot of those. I think also sometimes it's um, conceptions that our world has on women in business or women entrepreneurs. Um, I know for a long time when I'd go to events, obviously we're not going to many events these days because right. of coronavirus. But um, you know, I'd be I'd be asked the first question I would be asked is, "How's your How are your kids?" How's your husband? I really don't know if a lot of men get asked those questions. Um, my gut response probably is that that's not the case. Um, unless it's somebody that is like in the business of family, right? right? right. But yeah, so I think that's a part of it. It's like there's other expectations um, that just are so such a they're such societal expectations that yeah, we are these superheroes trying to do all the things. Um, but again, at the end of the day, the role of mom or wife always tend to be like the first thing that um, people ask about now, do I think it's always like, uh, out of like alignment with, you know, goodness or wanting to be just, you know, interested? No. I mean, I think people are really just care oftentimes mostly caring. Um, but it is something that's fascinating, right? Because it really is. You know, when my husband and I've had these conversations, when I go to an event, I'm thinking about, okay, do the kids, were the kids um, fed before I left? Um, did they, you know, do they have everything they need? You know, are they uh, ready for school tomorrow? You know, just like all these other thoughts are in my mind. Um, whereas my husband can go to an event and he's like, okay, I'm here to do this one thing and yeah. get this one thing done. And while that is the case for me, um, and, you know, I have goals for whatever I'm creating. I also have those other parts of me that feel really, uh, that can feel entangling once in a while. Um, the internal stuff, because of what I experience, um, you know, being a woman in business and in the entrepreneurial world, sometimes can also uh, play play with me, right? right. And so, for example, um, sometimes I'll be like, oh gosh, maybe I should be home with the kids. Maybe maybe that's the better place for me right now. You know, if things start to feel really hard, right? right? right, right. Um, Yeah. So I think for me, it is a, it is a conversation of internal struggles based on like how I'm choosing to, or or are the embedded belief systems that I've had from, from just being in this culture where my first and primary role tends to be mom and wife, right? Roles. And so, yeah. So I think it's a mixture of both. It's like a both and, um, that we as women have to figure out. And then on top of that, just how do we, you know, if I am, if I am, you know, assertive, what does that mean versus when a guy is assertive, right? right. Um, sometimes I can be called a, a witch with a capital B. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that. So it's like, but, I, but that's, you know, anybody that knows me knows that's not who I am. But if somebody from the outside was looking in like, oh man, she's so particular about this thing. Right. So she must be a, you know, fill in the blank. So (laughs) again, so those are things that I think that can feel at times really tough for women. And sometimes you just need a space to be like, y'all, this just happened again. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's really those, those three other women really are that for me, you know, they're, they are, um, we anchor each other down and support each other in this journey. That's a lot of fun. Good, good. And so I, I guess my question is, how, 
do you change that perception both externally for the people you're you're meeting at an event or internally for yourself because that's a huge component as well and the follow-up question to that is do you even want to do you need to that's obviously such a major part of all of our lives you know whether or not you know it's children or pets or anything else in our life that's uh, that's a part of who we are that's why we're doing what we're doing on the path to success so you know, mm-hmm. how, how do you shift that perception and do you even do, do we as individuals or are you as a woman or myself as a man, do we want to change those perceptions or is that such just a part of who we are? That's a fascinating, those are fascinating questions, Trey. I could probably talk about that for a while. Well, let's go. Um, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's an interesting question, Trey, because, you know, do I want it to change? I don't know if I, I mean, even if I want it to, will it? I don't know. I think everybody has their own right to to believe and and be who they are and how they are. Um, However, with that being said, I am, um, I'm at a place in my life where I'm just fully okay with me as I am. Meaning I am totally excited by the fact that I have three amazing daughters that I get to raise and have built a business that allows me to have them near me, around me pretty much a lot, most of the time, you know? And, um, And so, yeah, so when people ask me, I've really reframed it a lot of times as much as I can. Now, if it's somebody I feel is like being like totally patronizing, it's a different story. But over time, you know, over as I begin to own and really embrace the fact that having the family uh, that I have is such a, you know, is a gift. It's not like a burden to me being a a woman entrepreneur, right? right? It's it's been a gift to me. Um, As I've embraced that, I've just been like, you know, posting my kids on Facebook and on Instagram with me and, um, you know, like really embracing our story, um, my story and, and the, our family's story as part of um, what we're building and, and this experience that we have in building the companies that I have had the pleasure of building. So that has been, so I don't really give two fucks anymore, you know, <laughs> my daughter just left. So Good. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I don't really care too much anymore about, about that. That's such um, an and so, feeling. yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's incredible. That, that really, you know, we started talking, we started this conversation by talking about working for other people. And mm-hmm. I think when you work for somebody else, you're almost required to care what other people think because you're constantly being judged on your performance and, you know, yeah. how you're bringing yourself to show up you know, eight to 10 to 12 to 16 hours a day. But when you're working for yourself and you realize that you answer to yourself for yourself, you really shift your mentality into wanting just to be the very best because this is you. This is, this is who I am. People may see my company. People may see me. People may not even be able to distinguish between the two. So you want to be your best at all times. And that, that forces you to shut off, you know, external thoughts and opinions from other people. And that's, that's so amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, you know, I don't, I think, um, you know, when we, when I first, my husband and I first jumped into um, working for ourselves and, and the entrepreneurship world, it's, it was about 12 years ago now. And I think about how at that time we really were just, I mean, we were in the middle of the major recession of 2008, 2009. Right. And in 2009, we literally had to like sell all of pretty much all our belongings because he was out of work for 18 months. He was in the mortgage industry 
And we were kind of almost, you know, I guess for, we not, I wouldn't say we're forced. We're never forced to do anything. You know, most of us aren't ever forced to do anything, but um, we weren't forced to get into entrepreneurship, but we were heavily guided into it (laughs) Um, because we had to figure it out. You know, we had to figure out how to put food on the table and figure out how to, how to take care of this new baby that we just had. My daughter, our our oldest daughter, Maya at that time was, um, she was only five months old. Actually, no. Yeah. In 2009. Yeah. So she was five months old at that point. Yeah. And um, we sold everything. We ended up moving to Texas from Florida And we worked with a gentleman by the name of David Fry, who, while we were technically working for him, um, he definitely, he gave my husband first, you know, the full reins to say, Hey, I have this vision. Can you take this vision and grow it? (laughs) And so my husband, that's what I mean. We were heavily guided because yes, it was a, a job, but it was also like our start to entrepreneurialism and being an entrepreneur, um, because we had to, he had to build the thing from nothing. Um, I then got involved a couple months later um, to help grow the product line. Um, and so we both kind of learned how to, how to take our skill sets and our gifts and start working and using our creativity to, to start building something that came from nothing, That's basically. Yeah. And uh, in two years, we took that to a two and a half million dollar company with alongside with David. Um, and so that was pretty cool. That That's was pretty amazing. cool. And, and and for us, it was like, oh, well, look at that. We just did that for somebody. Huh. What if we do it for ourselves now? Okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then jumped into the world of like, well, what does that look like? How does that feel? But I, and while this has been a 12 year journey of ups and downs and a full, full on roller coaster of emotions and um, and what, and stress, um, it has also been the best gift we've ever received given ourselves, you know, it's been awesome. That's incredible. That's incredible. So you're, you're doing a lot of work with entrepreneurs now, right? Correct. Yep. Tell me more about that. Sure. Um, so, so yes. So gosh, uh, there's so much to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what would you like to know? Specifically, well, okay. Trip. So you're, you're I, I, I think you mentioned both in the, I guess the, when we first talked originally, you know, through your Facebook, you're building communities. I mean, that's 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 one of the many things you're doing, correct? Correct. So yep. what's that? What's that look like for building? You know, an, a, commu- a community of entrepreneurs. How how, how do you? what what type of communities are you building? You know, how are you supporting them? We, especially in, in this year, we talk about recessions. We talk mm-hmm. about the, the market crash in 2008. We're, we're obviously seeing something similar in, in 2020 yeah. with COVID. So what sort of resources are, are, are you seeing these entrepreneurs needing? Gosh, this is, I'm so glad you asked this. Okay. So I'll, I'll go back. I'm glad I shared a little bit about our story in 2008, 2009, because it's really relevant to why today I'm very aligned with what we're doing. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, 2008, 2009, we, many of us, uh, were, were wrecked by the financial recession. And I remember at that time, like I had a job offline, like I was working for a college. I was doing a lot of leadership and multicultural identity training there. I loved my career. Um, I was also working a hundred hours a week. I was kicking my butt to just be, to be up, to be my best. Right. 
and I remember being pregnant, finding out I was pregnant with Maya, my oldest again. And um, I love that name, really, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's one yeah, of my favorite we, names. Oh, thank you so much. But I remember being pregnant. You know, I was pregnant with her, and I told someone in the, at my at the uh, at the college I was working for, um, "Hey, I'm pregnant." And they're like, "Wow, when are you due?" And I was like, "September." And she's like, "Ooh, <laughs> that's like when school's back in session. Like, we need you. When are you coming back?" <sighs> and it was yeah. one of those moments of like, "Oh God, well, I don't know if I am." actually, because do I really want to be here doing this when, and working a hundred hours a week while trying to be a mom. And, um, so anyway, that, that really, that shook me. But at the same time, my husband was in the mortgage industry, the mortgage industry obviously crashed. He lost everything. And like I said, you know, we, we had to sell everything so that we could feed our family. Um, and we went from having all these accolades in our careers to being on literally WIC checks, you know, getting money from the government. And that was the hardest time of my life, Trey, like hardest. I have never experienced that. I hope to never experience that again. And when this, everything started to show up again in March, um, I was, I was having an internal struggle because I had been working with entrepreneurs since 2009. Um, it started with that job, that, that job, uh, you know, that job ish <laughs> that I was mentioning earlier, uh, with David in Houston, yeah. Texas. Yeah. And, and what we were doing, what we built, the first company we built was a it was called telesummit events. It was literally like what we're doing now, yeah. but like, whole, like building out summits and turning them into products. Um, so we took that, uh, grew an audience of 250,000 people, um, took it to two and a half million dollars for this like little side hustle that David was building. <laughs> and, uh, and then went from there and I started building my, I built my own virtual event management company, took that, sold that, worked with uh, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Moran to build his um, uh, business incubator, and which by the time I left was at six and a half million dollars um, in revenue. And and I joined him in 2015. So I've been working with entrepreneurs for quite some time. Yeah. And in the last few years, I built a coffee company called Perky Perky. Yes. And while that's been truly one of the most fun and fulfilling and meaningful companies I've ever built, it also... Um, it also has been missing a couple things. Number one, I have a lot of people that come to me now and are like, how in the heck did you get this coffee company to be, you know, to be able to sell like a thousand bags of coffee in the first month? And, or how in the heck did you get in front of the United Nations? And, you know, uh, how did the United Nations prom- like promote you and right. say that you know, you're one of the top brands to look women owned brands to look out for in 2020, you know, stuff like that. Like people have been asking, so I was giving advice from, you know, how to write a book because I had written a book to how to do summits to, you know, how to how to build an e-commerce brand to, you know, doing all these things. Right. Um, how to get in front of the United Nations, like all these things, Trey. And and the truth is, like, while I just love helping however I can, yeah. I was I was getting I was finding myself really burnt out. You know, I wasn't feeling aligned. And then and then COVID hit. And then I found myself during this season of, um, of, at the beginning in March, where I just wanted to help everybody even more. Like I go into like overdrive, like, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? <laughs> and, um, and what happened was within like four weeks, the first four weeks, I literally 
burnt out. Like I was like, what am I doing? And I was teaching everything from how to run a virtual event to how to, you know, do all these things. When, when every, when the whole entire economy shut down, I stopped for a second. I stopped for a little while actually. And I decided to just not help like aimlessly help anymore. Right. Like I just realized, oh my gosh, I'm aimlessly helping and this isn't actually helping me. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. My family isn't getting to hang out with me and I wanted something different. So in April of this year, I made a very conscious decision that I wanted to really think about how I'm supporting people. And in that part of the conversation, I realized two things. Number one, what was about to happen in our world was that a whole bunch of people were going to be out of work. And there were a whole bunch of people who had offline jobs or offline companies and and whatnot. And they had no idea how to take what they, what the the beautiful and amazing things that they know and turn them into something uh, that has no boundaries, meaning we can live anywhere. You can be anywhere. We've literally moved eight times um, in the span of, (laughs) or six times in the span of 12 years because, because we can you know, we have that flexibility um, and we want to be closer to family and, and, or to other places that were seemed fun to us at that time. Right. So, so what I'm trying to say is whether or not, you know, someone who's listening wants to be moving that much or, or, or not um, for us, it, it, you know, going online, if you will, created an opportunity of freedom to create whatever we wanted to create. It gave us space to be, uh, flexible. Yeah. And it gave us tools, tools and mindsets that we just didn't have prior. So when I started to see everybody really falling, you know, feeling like they, they were losing themselves in this journey called COVID, <laughs> um, you know, I made the decision like, wait a second, I have something that I only wished I had in 2008 and 2009. Yeah. You know, it took us two and a half years to feel like we had some sort of footing and even in that, we weren't the ones making the 200 or two and a half million. That was, that was our client in right. essence, right? right. Um, we were still trying to make ends meet and trying to figure it out and trying to like learn all the things. And so now I started, so after I made that realization and said, oh my gosh, maybe everything that we went through in 2008, 2009 was for something like maybe we can help people more intentionally. And then from there, I really started to think about how, how, powerful it is to know how to create a community because whatever my expertise could be, if I wanted to say, you know, because I've written a best-selling book before, if I wanted to say, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to write a best-selling book or, Hey, I want to teach you how to do virtual summits or, Hey, I want to teach you whatever I could, because I know how to create a community around it. And I thought to myself, all these individuals that are experts in their way and their form have no clue how to build community. So what if I can teach them that? And when I started to even dive further into that, I started to realize that that is actually how I've built everything. That is like the common thread in all the things I've ever done is building community. And then I got really giddy because I was like, (laughs) wait a second, I can just focus on helping people connect to people. Yes. That like absolutely that. And, and then I can help them create revenue from that in a way that feels aligned and, uh, you know, with their values and they're able to serve more people quicker like, yes, that, yeah. how can we do more of that? So that's where I'm at. And I, I hope that story helped. I know it was kind of long, but it really was for me. Um, 
it's been a year of like realizing that I can do my body of work and it doesn't have to feel hard. Yeah. It just has to feel aligned. Yeah. And when it feels aligned. That's where the magic shows. And I've grown, my revenues this year have been larger than any other year that I've been doing consulting. That's amazing. So that must, yeah, that must mean something, right? Absolutely I, I think that does. that's connected to something. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, that resonates quite a bit with me. I, I, I I've never thought about, you know, it as community building, but, uh, having had the opportunity over literally the last year, this podcast started about a year ago, I, I, I started talking with these incredible people just like yourself. And I, I realized early on that these, these people are amazing and I don't want to be a bottleneck and I want to continue to allow these people growing or allowing these people to grow based on the conversations we've had. So this is not something I've ever talked about directly on the podcast before, but I created something called the Mosaic Life Co-op where people who have been on the podcast have the opportunity to connect with others who've been on the podcast. So if somebody who was on an episode 10 episodes ago can help you grow, I want to be able to connect the two of you. It's just, it's an incredible feeling to see others grow and not even directly related to, you know, something that I've done, but if I can just help somebody say, Hey, listen, I've got an idea for you. I, I want to be that. I want to be able to be that resource. That's amazing. Trey. How cool is that? That's really very cool. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I learn and I grow so much every time I have one of these conversations and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be selfish with this message. I just, I want people, if, if one person can be inspired to just make a positive change in their life, that's all that really matters to me. Right. That's right. Yep. And, you know, I think, you know, what I found was when, when I got clear on, you know, growing communities is my thing, yeah. <laughs> it's yes. the thing that makes me so happy. Um, I got really excited because people started to come to me and they're like, well, I've been trying to grow this Facebook group and it's just, I'm so tired. I don't know what to, content to write. And I don't know what to like, how do you actually grow it without having to be in there all the time? And I was like, Oh, that's your question. Okay. Let me show you. And then I started, you know, with my, my clients, I started to realize like, Oh, I actually have a process for how I do this. <laughs> so, you know, that's really where it's been fun. is like inviting people to get out of like, feeling overwhelmed by having community because sometimes when we create community they feel like oh my gosh i'm going to be like beholden to right. like 100 people 500 people 1000 people oh my gosh how right. um when the truth is no you have to just be intentional about how the community is growing and then in that intentionality um we can create processes processes and systems that can serve um both you and the clients and the members in the group or in your community that you're serving, you know, um, it's, it, yeah, it can get, it gets really fun, but again, I wouldn't have come to that had I not given myself full permission to just lean in, as you're saying about your community, you leaned in right? and you right. gave yourself permission to love first and come from love. So, and that's actually the first thing I have my clients do is like, what would feel really fun? What would you imagine could be so incredibly fun that if you were coming from a place of love, not from taking, not from, I need to make, you know, a thousand dollars next month, or I need right. to make $10,000 next month, but from a place of like, God, I freaking love the people I get to work with. I want to create this. And we come from that space. You can't help, but have an energy of, of goodness that surrounds that. Um, 
And then you build out those processes and systems to take the actions to help make it continue that vision forward and make it a win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I absolutely love that. Um, so if uh, in regard to Facebook communities, because that uh, there are, I'm sure a multitude of communities or different types of communities out there that we can build. But for somebody who is trying to build a community and they're using the the tool with, that's got the path of the least resistance, which is would probably be Facebook, and just their their primary concern is their audience numbers just aren't growing. I mean, do you have a piece of actionable advice? Not necessarily on how to make the audience grow, because I know, you know, if we lean forward with love, as you said, you know, love for our mission and, and what we're we're trying to do, audience size isn't necessarily the main metric we need to look at. But in order to just continuing to grow and improve that network or that community, what what, what would you offer? What what piece of advice would you offer them? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's a good question. Well, I, there are three areas I always look at for growth. Number one is how. Number one, how do we attract the right leads in, right? right? So the right people. Um, the second part would be how do you uh, grow through your value in the community? Like what is the value of the community? Um, and ter- so that would look like your engagement, what kinds of content you're posting, et cetera. And then the third area of growth, obviously are sales, yeah. um, and revenue, you know, are you reaching your revenue goals or do we need to tweak those things to, to grow? So I think one of the top, like a very actionable thing you can do. Um, I like to have a process where we take, uh, we take a client's, um, body of work. So let's say right now, actually, let me think of one of my clients I get to work with right now. Um, okay. So I have a client right now who is a, she's, she works with moms and she, um, has a incredible self-care self-love program, right? Yeah. That program typically sells for like a thousand dollars. So what we're doing with her, for example, is we're inviting her and um, to to have a like a free gift of some sort to be able to give people that want to come into the group. Um, and we give that gift to them uh, in one of two ways. Number one, we can create like a quick little landing page that invites them in um, through, let's say, Facebook ads, right. uh, you know paid ads, et cetera. Um, a quick little landing page that says, Hey, I've got this free gift for you. Um, come and check it out. And then from there, we give them that gift and now we're connecting them. And then from there we say, okay, the part of this free gift is being in this group, in this Facebook group, for example. So then they get access then to the Facebook group. But part of that also is really starting to build a connection between what they're, what they're receiving in the, in, let's say it's a PDF report. Um, to what their actual, like what it is that they want to sell. So in her case, a self-care, self-love um, program on the back end, we want to make sure that the PDF or the report or whatever it is on the front end is, is a great, like I call it the taste test, right? Like it's an opportunity for people to taste test working with her yeah. or giving, uh, giving them permission to get to know her better. Right. And so, uh, so we're, we would build that out on the front end. Um, and then going from there, we would invite them into a whole series of conversations with this particular client um, at, at, through video, through written content and such, and then invite them um, to engage in the community, get to know the community. And then at a certain point, invite them into a call yeah. um, to 
to take their next step if they're ready for it. Yeah. Again, if they're not ready for it, that's totally fine. They don't have to do that. But there's so much value in the group that they're like, oh, this is this is amazing. I'm feeling I'm, I'm able to enjoy the, the goodness that's in this group. But there's going to be also opportunities for um, for my client to reach out and um, connect her to that larger program. And then one of the things I like to do is also like to add like small, small ways in which we can um, monetize. So having, you know, small challenges that may be a $7 challenge or a, um, hey, here, try out, you know, it's like another taste test, you know, try this little thing out and it's only $20 or something. And we do all these little bits, um, I call it little bits of money. <laughs> it's receiving in little bits of money. Um because you're, you never know where a person really is at. Um, and they might not be ready for a thousand dollar program, but yeah, they're, they're willing and they're excited about doing a challenge with you for seven, 27, $37. Right. Um, and trying out what it's like to continue to work with you. So I always suggest that, you know, when I work with a client, you got to, again, if you're coming from that place of love, that, that, you might not know how to do all of those pieces, but the vision of how and what you want to cultivate in that group, you know, my hope is that that will show up for you. Yeah. And then when that shows up, then, you know, having someone like me or somebody else who's more like community driven can help you think through some of those other parts that will help lead them through the process of turning from somebody who just likes the topic of your choice, right. you know, um, all the way to then moving on and, and um, working with you in some capacity. Yeah, that's so important. And to me, what what I'm hearing you say is that this is relationship building. I mean, this isn't you're not making cold calls. You're not dropping into somebody's office unannounced. You're not pushing business cards and 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 proposals in front of somebody's face hoping that something sticks. You're actually building a relationship with somebody so you can create a lasting a lasting uh well, relationship and as opposed to a transactional one-off sale, which I I I see I've been on both sides of the equation. I can tell you that one way is right and one way is wrong. Building relationships has been so important to me over the last five or 10 years. I, I With my business, and I, 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 I develop websites, I haven't had to cold call anybody because I put so much value on building those relationships and making sure that people know me, like me, trust me, that that, that yeah. just makes the most sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I, I know those, I, oh man, I've had jobs in the past where I'm like, okay, they're telling me I have to call 30 people today. Oh, yes. What the actual heck, like, how am I going to do that? Right. Yeah. But truthfully, yeah, you're right. It's just about treating people as humans. Right. Yeah. And then in, honestly, part of it also is inviting those humans, those amazing, awesome humans to, to be, to have mindset shifts around your content. This is another actionable thing as well. You know, I think a lot of times what, where groups go wrong is that we just put a lot of unintentional content out there. Content piece after content piece after content piece. Well, I like to teach that if we can help create mindset shifts yeah. in the community to invite them to, again, go from someone who just liked the topic to somebody who's like, whoa, never thought about that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Huh. That is where the magic lies. Right. Yeah. So if you imagine your content that you're putting in there, it doesn't even have to be like you're putting in, you know, more than like one to four pieces a week yeah. of content. It's it's not about how often or how many of those, you know, like thematic posts, winning Wednesday, fantastic Friday <laughs> posts and stuff like that. That's not that's just keeping them in the group for keeping them in the yeah. group's sake. Yeah. You know, it's really what it is. If you're wanting to build a community, 
that invites them to rise up and level up in your strategies or through your message or whatever it is that you're that we get to serve them with it is about understanding intent and being intentional about what each group or what each community that you're building is doing to help serve that larger mission yeah. right yeah and so we want to make sure to build out a community with intentionality first yeah. and foremost super absolutely. important absolutely so a little bit ago we were talking about you know prior to you being an entrepreneur yourself and you're talking about the, your previous job with, with the, with the university or the college. And you mentioned a word burnout, um, which I think can be such a major player in why we leave jobs or even why entrepreneurs, you know, end up going, I uh, use this word very loosely crazy. I, I'm, I personally, this, you know, I'm a, I'm a population of one here. I'm coming out of a, a slow period, getting into a very busy period, and I, I find myself at night just going stir crazy and, and not being able to sleep well enough because I, I've, I'm got, I've got so much going on. You know, having yeah. been there and done that and dealt with it on so many levels, uh, what do you what do you recommend for people who just whether or not you're an entrepreneur, you're you're working for somebody else? How how do you combat that? Great question. Oh gosh, how do you combat burnout? I think number one, I mean, this sounds super like everyone says it, but it's true. It's it's putting, you know, I what I do is I put an alarm clock on on my phone. Yeah. Um, actually, I do two things very intentionally at this point. I have an alarm on my phone that tells me to stop, and actually, I have a few alarms. I have one at two o'clock. One of my friends recently told me this one. She said, Rem "Remember that your angels, because I'm a big believer in angels." So she yeah. said, "Remember your angels are." here for you. They're watching out for you. Yeah. And so I literally, she was like, do whatever time of the day feels like the most disconnected time of the day, which for me, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Cause that's like, after like, I need the next cup of coffee, right. you know, like I'm at that slump. <laughs> um, I have this alarm that goes off that, on my phone that just reminds me that in fact, my angels are here and I can just calm down. And so if I'm finding myself anxious or angry or frustrated, um, at the time where I notice that I am most of those things, um, then it's just like, a, oh, wait a minute. I can just take a breather for a second. So uh, alarms like that for mindset, you, you know, and, and inviting myself to slow down for a second and just be okay with knowing that things can get crazy. That's, that's important. But then also, um, I get sometimes so engaged with my work that I can be on the computer for hours and not get up. Right. And, and I think that's like the best way to burn out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Looking at electrons all day or, you know, just computer screens and just like, <laughs> it's not how we're wired. And so, you know, giving ourselves permission to get up and move, yeah. you know, move our bodies, like actually go out of the house and go play for a minute, you know, or even just, um, you know, do a quick walk or like sometimes I'll do jumping jacks if I'm on like a tight deadline. Um, or put music on. I love to dance. So I'll put some really good music on and just dance by myself in my, in my office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do that as well. And then the final thing I, I also do is um, uh, for like oh, one other alarm I do, obviously is like shut down, like by the end of day, like that's when I'm done. And I have to have that boundary because I know I can totally go into the whole, like, you know, workaholism yeah. mode um, and just really try to like work way, 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 way hard. And so I have to like make myself shut down. Um, and, and then, but the other thing also I like to do, um, is, is honestly just to connect with people. Like 
stop myself by connecting and not talking about work, but like connecting on something that sounds super fun. Yeah. So it could be a hobby. It could be like, for me, sometimes it's just getting, getting on the floor, playing with the kids, um, coloring with the kids, right. Gets me out of like the work mode. My kids don't care how many sales I closed in a day. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but they do care about their picture and what they're, what they've drawn. And Absolutely. I can get into that with them. So you know, it's really like looking at like, what, what are some ways to just play or just get out of, out of our own ways. Yeah. And that really is self-care in a nutshell, yeah. you know, it's, it's giving ourselves permission. Yeah. We're going to work hard, but we can also play hard also. Like yeah. we can just have so much fun with our playtime. You know, I think one of the biggest things I struggle with is that realizing that your clients aren't expecting or aren't expecting you to deliver something in the next five minutes. Like you're allowed Ooh. to take a break. You're allowed to take time for yourself to center yourself, to make sure that your mind isn't going stir crazy. Like you, it's, it's the, it's the perception. It's the same perception that people have about, you know, on social media. Like you think that people are constantly thinking about you when in fact they're, they're only thinking about themselves. And so you have to realize that your clients aren't expecting you to return that email right away or to get a project done in the next five minutes. As long as you're setting proper expectations ahead of time, you are you are automatically building in time for yourself, which I, I struggle with all the time. Yeah, that's so true. That is, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. That is something that I've had to learn because I'm I'm one of those, I always say if my spirit animal, if I was an animal or if I had a spirit animal, my spirit animal would be a golden retriever. Yes. Like I'm in that one who's like super eager and like, I want to, how can I, yeah, let's play. Oh my gosh. You know? And like, and I get so excited that I over, I, I can shoot myself in the foot with yeah. deadlines. Right. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm like, it's like a self-induced stress ball case that I'm finding myself in because I'm like, I told them I needed, I was going to give it to them by tonight. And they're like, it's like a week's worth of work or something, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I think I appreciate that you brought that up. I don't do that as much anymore because I'm wiser. Right. <laughs> but I used it's to important. do it all the time. Yeah. And it's nuts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So you've got uh perky perky coffee, which I'm I'm looking forward to trying. But uh you're also yeah. uh, tell me more about this because I only saw a little bit of it, but you're building a partnership with Nunbelievable, right? Yeah. Can you tell me more Absolutely. about that? Yeah, totally. So Perky Perky Coffee um, is a coffee company. I founded this company in 2017, uh, to end of 2016, beginning of 2017. And and speaking of community, we built it through community. Like literally before we launched a single bag of coffee, I came to my Facebook friends and I said, hey, I have this idea. I wanted to create a coffee company um, that spoke life to women that invited women to step into their power. We've since shifted it to inviting us all to step into our power because we found that uh, 30% of our customers are men yeah. and we're so happy to serve all people. And, um, and to realize that this idea of doing today powerfully really matters for all of us. So anyway, the long and the short of it is I started in 2017. This coffee company is literally something that I, I had this idea and a stream of doing because I love coffee and Same. I nerd out. This is where I nerd out is, is in the coffee world. And, um, and you know, when I became a mom of three, I felt like I lost myself in motherhood. Yeah. And so the idea of the company really was to invite initially to invite moms to 
come alive again, to show up for themselves, to find their voice um, when it feels hard to do that. And so, um, so as I started to build that mission and that vision and, and the messaging, I really felt inspired to love on my customers with, with little, little things that invited them to show up and do today powerfully. So for example, like when I, when you get your, your coffee tray, you're going to see that there's like a little love note from, from me and my team, um, inside each bag, you know, you never know which one you're going to get. It's kind of like you're having like a box of cereal back in the olden days where there were prizes at the bottom of the box. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like that. And, um, and we do that through our, you know, our messages online and, um, our social media platform. And we're doing that through different events that we're going to be crafting and creating. And we're super, super like, we love it. Um, yes. And then, so then recently, um, my, I, my dear friends, uh, at Unbelievable, um, came to me now they're a cookie company that was, uh, inspired and, and co-founded by Tony Robbins, like the Tony Robbins. Um, and it was, it was an inspired, uh, company because there was a, there was a point in that, um, company's experience. Well, at the beginning, the reason, the whole reason for the company was because Tony, uh, was in the Bay area and he was, you know, he noticed that these nuns were being evicted from this home that would serve so many people, so many homeless people with meals. And they were being evicted because the landlord was kicking them out. Right. Um, because rents were getting high or, right. you know, getting higher. And so he wanted to get more for, for, um, that space. And so what Tony did is he had actually bought that entire building. That's amazing. <laughs> And invited those nuns to live there forever. Like he was like, it's your place and you keep doing what you do because you're doing amazing work. Um, And the way in which the nuns would, what he found out was the way in which the nuns would um, have the money for the food that would be served to the homeless um, individuals that they had the privilege of serving was through selling cookies at their local farmer's market. So he said, okay, well, that's interesting. So he went back to his friends and he said, hey, you know, this is an experience I just had. What do you think, uh, you know, I, he was just basically just letting them know. And the guys that he was talking to, some of the people that he was talking to were like, what if you can expand their ability to serve more people by creating this cookie company? So I ended up partnering with them because, um, you know, as I started to get to know their company and I loved their impact driven mission based company, I thought, you know, Kuda, who is their, um, who is another co-founder of the company, my friend Kuda Biza, he and I decided, you know, what would it look like if our two brands came to, came together to collaborate and build something to help encourage uh, and inspire others to create more impact in the world? So that's where Cookie Bites really came about. And we were, were now able to, you know, partner together and we're seeing that, you know, um, Cookie, but cookie and unbelievable cookies are now going to be in stores nationwide through the fresh market and, and, you know, other markets as as well. And we're now in this middle of, you know, middle of our first season of creating our, uh, our series of, um, cookie bites, (laughs) um, that are now being produced and and shared on YouTube. So that's so fun, you know, like we're having a blast and I'm actually in the middle of like redoing my entire film studio because uh we just moved so i i told them i'm like guys it's gonna be so cute <laughs> they're really excited to see it <laughs> that's amazing 
That's incredible. You know, I um, I, I I don't know a whole lot about Tony, and not to put too much focus on him, but I, I, I from what I think I've heard or read is that he came from a, a background that was, I mean, he did not have a lot growing up, right? So hearing him. Yeah. Put, do so much for the community is absolutely astonishing. I, I mean, from what I, from what I've read of his, and from what I've seen and heard of his on podcasts, he just seems like a very genuine individual who wants to help others live their best lives. Yes, yes, definitely. So, so it is very exciting to be able to partner with an unbelievable team to you know take take that message of inspiration that is now obviously a ripple effect. Um, and continue to help it ripple even further um, to and, and to inspire those of us who are, you know, who get to watch the Cookie Bites um, experience and see, uh, you know, you're going to, you know, if, if anyone chooses to watch us the, the show, you'll get to meet some of the other impact partners that we now work with. Um, and that's so much fun. Yeah. You know, we're excited to be able to expand beyond beyond the initial uh, story of the nuns to support the nuns, obviously, but then also to support so many other individuals and nonprofits that are really making an impact um, and wanting to end hunger. It's pretty exciting. Absolutely. It, so, if people were to pick ones to start with, it, it, which impact partner, uh, would, uh, I guess, episode or video would you recommend them watch first? Oh, that's a good question. So, we, I would say, start with the first episode. Um, okay. We talk about we talk about. Um, it actually was based on a, my experience actually partnering with uh, the Unbelievable team in uh, Miami. And we went there and we served uh, at Joshua's Heart Foundation. Yeah. And so it ta- tells you the story of this boy who, uh, I'm not going to share too much of it because, you know, you'll hear sure. it there, but a, a boy, a little boy got $20 and he started serving the poor. That's so. Incredible. And that now has turned into literally millions of, you know, uh, so, so many, he's, he has now served people in many countries yeah. um, with millions of, you know, pounds of food. That's <laughs> it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, good. Um, I will, I will obviously link to that in the show notes. And uh, if I'm able to, I'll embed it uh, that first episode as well. So people can watch that. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Trey. Absolutely. So I, I know we've been talking for close to an hour here and that's flown by, but I, I am curious, what are you working on right now? I mean, obviously you've got Perky Perky, you've got uh, your your um, your business with with entrepreneurs and building communities. What What is your primary focus as, you know, fingers crossed, we're, we're coming out of COVID if, you know, winter doesn't get too bad. So what are your goals right now? Yeah, great question. So truthfully, my goal is to see more, you know, to see more communities being raised up. You know, I think this season of COVID has brought so many, uh, so many of us to a deeper understanding of what's important. And a lot of my clients that are coming to me are wanting to really use what they've learned to create more change in the world, um, to be the change and to make major impact in the world. So that is my focus, my focus, my core focus right now. And I'm, like I said, I am loving it. I was, I was working until nine last night, for example, not real, again, right. talking about burnout. Right. I have to be aware of that. Um, but I was having so much fun just thinking through what I'm about to build with, uh, one of my clients and, um, you know, it's just exciting. It's yeah. a good time. It's a beautiful time. So that's really where my energy and, and my, um, my heart is right now. 
That's great. And, you know, speaking of going back to burnout and hours and whatnot, you know, one thing when I worked for somebody else, I, I realized that I myself and, you know, as well as everybody around me used to count their hours. You know, you, you talk about working 100 hours a week, I would, you know, work 50 or 60. And it used to be a badge of honor, like, oh, who can suffer the most? But I can yeah. say, you know, as, as as somebody who works for himself, like I, I work a lot. This is probably the most I've ever worked in my life, but I have no idea. Like, I don't know how many hours I work because I don't care. I have a mission that I want to accomplish and it doesn't matter how long it takes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when you know you're on point, yeah. you know, like yeah. if you're in, you're in flow, it's harder for you to burn out Absolutely. when you're in flow. Absolutely. And that's, that's where I'm at as well. It's so much fun. Good. So if somebody's listening and you know, they could be a resource for you, what resources are you looking for to continue, continue growing? What, how can people support you? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Hmm. You know what's popping up for me is so I haven't actually shared this with with anyone yet. So you're gonna, you'll be the first to know, and your Perfect. community will. Um, you know, part of me really wanting to empower and uh, influence leaders at this point um, with communities is also to help people who are ready. For, to add community activation and community management into their skill set. Yeah. So we're going to be building um, a community of community activators <laughs> and people who want to learn how to do what I do. That's great. Um, and so if there's somebody who's listening, that's like, you know what, this is fascinating. How, how can I, how can I use my skill set as a community you know, someone who likes to build community just naturally yeah. and take that and go, go with it in some way. Um, if you're, if you're at that place where you're trying to figure out your next step, like let's stay in touch because I will be, um, I really want to invite more people to, to recognizing their power, um, and using their gifts to create a living. That's fantastic. And how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way, either social or whatever you want to provide? I'll link it all in the show yeah. notes too. Thank you so much. Well, I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, you can look at, look me up uh, at Marusha Murphy. There's really no one else with the name Marusha, um, <laughs> but really for sure, Marusha Murphy. Um, so Marusha Murphy on those two platforms, if you're interested in joining my, what I'm calling like our model community, um, like kind of like a model home, right? Like yeah. a model community to see how it all works. You can definitely do that by going on Facebook to create cell impact um, and you'll see that community, that community experience there. Um, and I can send that link to you for sure. And, Perfect. and if you know, you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, tell me more about this coffee stuff. Like yes. I would love to, I would be more than glad to share, um, share good coffee with you. Um, and, and if you're up for it, Trey, I'll be more than glad to give everybody here, um, $10 towards their first purchase, their yes. first bag of coffee. Absolutely. Um, and, and that includes free shipping too. So I'll, I'll make sure we can use the, um, the coupon code happy, happy <laughs> and, um, and then, and I'll send you the link to make sure that they can have that. If that works for you. That's wonderful. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yay. I'm All glad right. to be of service and I'm glad to be here on your show today. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm thrilled to have you. And so I'm not, you're not off the hook quite yet. I have to ask you my absolute favorite question in the world. And I warned you about this. <laughs> But what, I, what I'm so fascinated about, and I will let you share your answer because I just, 
This is not the first nor the second time I've heard this answer. It's at least the third, and so I obviously need to pursue this. Marusha, what is the most life-changing book you've ever read and why? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that's an easy one. It's called The Big Leap. Love it. Um, It's by this gentleman by the name of Gay Hendricks. And really, the premise uh, is that oftentimes we are afraid that it's our fear of, let's say, rejection, failure, fear of whatever, that is what's stopping us, right, from showing up and being our fullest selves. And the premise is actually that that is not the case. It, the premise is all about that the big, our actual biggest fear is that we can be successful. Yeah. It's not about all the things that we lack. It's actually the things that we can actually create and succeed at. <laughs> and that's what's stopping us because we don't know what to do with that. So that book really walks us through how to handle that and what that next step would look like if you allowed yourself <laughs> to fully lean in to your genius. That's it's really cool. truly life-changing. I, I will. So that that is skyrocketing, rocketing to the top of my list. I, I've been meaning to read it, but I, I seriously, I think you're the third person who's said that's been their life changing book. So, with that said, I um I, I'm starting a new I guess side series. It's still going to be on this podcast, but it's I'm going to bring guests back on to the podcast and actually discuss their life changing books in more depth. After I read this uh-huh. book, would you be interested in coming back on to talk about it? Of course. Absolutely. Wonderful. I I really look forward to it. And uh, I've heard wonderful things about that book. So, well, Marusha, thank you so incredibly much. I I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. You are providing incredible resources, not only in regard to caffeination, which is extremely important, but resources (laughs) to entrepreneurs um, and helping people through extremely difficult times. So I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate you too, Trey. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. I can't believe it's been an hour because that completely flew by. (laughs) Well, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds great. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to my brand new friend, Marusha Murphy, for joining me on the Mosaic Life podcast. Again, if you are a coffee drinker or just a caffeine lover, please check out perkyperky.com and use coupon code HAPPY at checkout so you can save 20% off your first order. And on top of that, you even get free shipping. It's a win-win. If you want to find out more about Marusha, all of her links that she just mentioned will be in the show notes. So please check those out in your podcast players or at the mosaiclifepodcast.com. And of course, while you're bouncing around social media, don't forget to follow me at Trey Kaufman on Instagram and the podcast home on Facebook is the Mosaic Life Podcast. Last but not least, if you're an Apple Podcast user, if you would take just two minutes of your time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so incredibly grateful. That goes a long, long way in helping me grow as a podcaster and continue providing more and more interesting content for you, the listener. Thank you all again so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.